0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode two in series 12D of um, this podcast. Having an answer. Having a and <clears throat> Today, having a I won't surprise you to know. It's me and
1: Dave. Yeah, good afternoon, everybody, or good morning, or good evening, depending on what time of day yeah. you're listening to this. Or good night. Mm-hmm. Good Night, but that we to say that at the end, I suppose. Sleep tight, <laughs> don't, don't let the bed bugs bite. Um, so, um,
0: I hope you've had an interesting, productive, and or fun week. I hope you haven't. That's controversial, <laughs> Dave, but for balance, I suppose. So, this week we're going to be talking about the case of Deployin apologies if I pronounced that wrong versus White and McKay Limited. Um, and it is a case a uh, amongst other things about reasonable adjustments and i'm gonna talk i think about the, the the trigger points under the absence procedure and dave's gonna talk about reduction of hours reduction of hours which is the 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 other thing so very very interesting stuff so um in relation to the uh the the trigger points under the absent procedure and the the judgment stated that that the respondents disciplinary absent management procedure sets out clear trigger points. It did not provide for adjustment to them, nor did it provide for absences related to disability. The trigger points were a PCP applied by the respondent. The failure to adjust trigger points placed the claimant at a substantial disadvantage in comparison with those who did not have a disability. The trigger points took no account of disability or indeed disability related absence. I mean, you can see, I think, from the start where this is headed. Um, uh, The claimant's absences from 24th of June 2021 onwards were disability related. No adjustment was considered or made to the trigger points to take account of disability related absence. In fact, the claimant was issued with a final warning arising from his first period of disability related absence. And then the tribunal said this showed a completely inflexible and blinkered approach by the respondent. The judgment continues, the submission by the respondent the trigger points applied equally to all employees failed to take account of the fact the employee's absence was disability related. The respondent was well aware of the impact of the PCP on the claimant from the content of the occupational health reports and from the claimant himself. They knew or ought reasonably to have known the impact of the trigger points on the claimant's absences due to his disability. The tribunal considered there to have been an abject failure by the respondent to consider reasonable adjustments in light of the PCP and the claimant's disability. The whole approach had been wrong from the start. The respondent did not take into account the claimant's disability and the application of the PCP or the disciplinary procedure. This is underscored by the application of a procedure, which is disciplinary in nature and makes no reference to disability. The respondent's approach to the application of the trigger points was inflexible. The respondent took no account of the fact the absences were disability related, and imposed a final written warning on him. In any event, there was no attempt by them to adjust the trigger points to accommodate and take account of his disability. Adjustment of the trigger points would have been a fair and reasonable adjustment to make in the circumstances. So quite damning on that point. And, and what was what did they say about your uh, the adjustment you're going to talk about, Dave? Well, yeah,
1: well just to pick up on a couple of points there. So yeah, well, the Yeah. So the, the policies and procedures um set out in the employee handbook were contractual and binding um, so uh, i thought that was probably one learning point from from this which is that uh, generally as an employer it's advisable not to have contractual policies in yeah. your handbook because then you have you no know, flexibility uh, really to um uh, to depart from them or, or amend them even yeah without the risk of that being yeah, yeah. breach of breach of contract yeah. And the yeah, end simon city amend them without consultation yeah um could be a breach of contract whereas what you ordinarily have in policy is a statement such as um the we can amend this policy from from time to time and it doesn't form part of your your contract of of employment yeah. um the policies of the employer in, in terms of managing absence was described as a disciplinary sickness absence management mm. procedure which was described by the tribunal as archaic uh, you know an, an archaic way way of doing things and um because it was set out as a disciplinary procedure it didn't sort of include reference to what to do in the case of disability no. um, related related absences mm. um that is really old-fashioned these days though isn't yeah, it yeah yeah i
0: mean i don't know of, i don't know of any clients we've got where capability would be dealt with under the disciplinary procedure, especially, yeah. especially when it's disability related.
1: Yeah, and I, and I think, you know, in, in you can see why um, a disciplinary procedure on the face of it would be suitable to deal with uh, a case of, um, you know, short-term absence, frequent short-term absences, because it, it's very similar in many ways to misconduct. But, you know, it sends out completely the wrong message mm-hmm. to employees about how the business is going to treat their their absence. And how, how they receive success. sickness That's, absence. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, that, that it's something that the employee has done wrong yeah. rather than an issue with the employee's and, health or, or attendance or impact on the business. And, and I
0: think the can't-do-won't-do thing is important here, isn't yeah. it, as well? Whereas um, a disciplinary is typically used when you, you won't do something Whereas performance procedures, whether it be for ill health capability or or um, uh, performance ability, is 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 uh, can't do. Yeah. So crossing yeah. over disciplinary from a from a um, won't do to to incorporate can't do yeah. things like sickness is is tricky. Yeah. Um, and unwise.
1: Unwise indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Um, yeah. So the the reduction in hours. Um, well, the claimant had been employed um, full time as a forklift truck driver he made a request to reduce his hours after he'd been given his first um, uh, final written warning um the employer said right we need to look at this as a flexible working request and then considered it under that procedure as opposed to as a reasonable adjustment yeah exactly so that that was their sort of fundamental error really and something that i don't think they ever really Recovered from you know, looking at it as a flexible working request, and I think that the reason that was such such a fundamental error is that when you look at the sort of guidance, statutory guidance on how to deal with a flexible working request, um, it focuses very much on why you might not be able to grant that request for reasons related to the the, the business mm-hmm. and, and the operations of the business, whereas with A reasonable adjustment request you are of course absolutely entitled to take into account the impact of that adjustment on the business but that's got to be balanced against the impact on the employee yep um and uh you know if you if an adjustment is going to um make the difference between an employee being able to remain in employment at all uh and and them having to leave, then you're going to be expected to perhaps deal with a little bit of inconvenience for for other other employees. No, what you can't see at home or in the car
0: or the train wherever you're listening to this, ladies and gentlemen, is I'm adding tremendous value by nodding vigorously <laughs> when Dave makes these yeah. points. So yeah. I think it is worth pointing that out because I think that is helping. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's a good advert for our webinars, perhaps, isn't it? If you'd like to see Simon nod along, vigorously, you as I say sensible things, then, um, you know, listen to our webinars. Know that, son. We, we both nod along at each
0: other. Yeah, that, that is very much the height of my contribution. Imogen drafts it, dear delivers it, and I
1: nod along. That, of course, is not true at all. You also bring a lot of, shall I say, glamour. <laughs> <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> that's very <to> procedures. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> shall I send <say? laughs> yeah yeah so I mean they did obtain an occupational health report which is a positive step and something we um always uh, advise employer clients to to do in this sort of situation yep. you know as an employer you're not a medical expert outsource that advice that that um assessment of somebody's health to occupational health yeah occupational yeah. health will of course as they did here recognise that it's for the employer to decide whether or not uh, an adjustment is workable uh, but um yeah here of course uh, the tribunal ultimately disagreed with the uh, with the employer's yeah. assessment that they couldn't reduce hours permanently
0: yeah i think it's a uh, it's 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 always unwise for an employer to put themselves into the position of a kind of makeshift medical tribunal. It's always always a good idea to get advice from the experts um, with a, a well-written letter to occupational health that is, that is neutral and sets out the facts of what the employee does and what's wrong with the employee and, and asking um, what the employer needs to do to either, if it's intermittent absence, reduce that intermittent absence, or if it's long-term absence, get the employee back to work. And, be open-minded as to the adjustments and whether they are really reasonable adjustments rather than just um, sell. it's an, it Almost, it's a bit of an inconvenience, so let's look for a way to get an employer. That's not a way to handle it, either, I suppose, from an ethical point of view, um, but also from a legal point of view.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and having dealt with the request for a re- reduction in hours as a flexible working request, the request was turned down by the, the company on the basis that it was unable to reorganise work amongst staff was unable to recruit additional staff to cover one working day Um, well the fatal flaw in the employer's argument there which was exposed to tribunal was that they used agency staff in the warehouse uh, and they didn't inquire as to whether or not there were any agency staff that were available or be willing to take on that additional um, that additional day or those additional hours Uh, and bear in mind that uh, the duty is on the employer to make reasonable adjustments, and that's always something that it, it should be borne in mind. The, the duty isn't on the employee to suggest alternative ways that that, that um, the, the business might need to to do things. The onus is on the employer to explore whether or not the adjustment can be made and to explore all reasonable alternatives.
0: But also, there's no. It, it should be. It should be um, a good idea to to ask the employer. They have. got any ideas um because it may be something um that that the employer hasn't thought of so it's really working collaboratively with the employee and i think what we always say in our training sessions i don't know why i say we i think we say this we always do say this which is don't view the employee as the problem um and the employee is somehow your enemy you say in this case the employee's sickness absence as the is the problem or the issue and work with the employee to see how you can both overcome the problem. Yeah. Yeah. See, more than just nodding.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Saying yeah. stuff. To- <laughs> Actually saying words on yeah. some of them in the right order. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so this was a constructive unfair dismissal case as well. Um, interestingly, mm-hmm. it says an inverted phrase, yeah. which I can't you've see raised, the, you've my podcast. Yeah. yeah, it was an anticipatory breach. So the employee was resigning in part in, rela- in response to having been um, given uh, a final written warning and... Having had his request for reasonable adjustments overturned, but also in anticipation of further breaches um, which were uh, which were well really along the same lines which was um, continuing to manage his sickness absence without adjusting their their policies and procedures um, having started at final warning stage that was going to result in uh, in dismissal and he was going to be um Uh, dismissed for further periods of absence and such dismissal would be in breach of his contract in the circumstances so again coming back to the employer being in a a vulnerable position because they have that sickness absence management procedure stroke disciplinary absence management procedure um, as uh, as a contractual policy
0: yeah absolutely I was allowing you by agreeing with you (laughs) sorry (laughs) so yeah there we go brilliant Um,
1: and yeah you got should we tell them um, oh we, yes what do got the big the conclusion no by all means uh, yeah so we got a compensatory reward for lost earnings six months pay that was four thousand seven hundred and ninety seven pounds and sixteen pence seven and a half thousand pounds for injury to feelings uh and then there was a basic award as well of one thousand seven hundred and thirty one pounds and forty eight just do pence. the mask quickly in your head Ian. what was the what was the total total was um Fourteen thousand and twenty-eight pounds and sixty-four pence. Wow, yeah. excellent! So, uh, yeah, very, very good. Brilliant. Well, I think that was a, that was a quite a decent one, wasn't it? Yeah, we hope you
0: found that interesting. Yeah, and informative. Yeah, we were. We hope you were edutained. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we shall see you for the next one. Um, uh, uh love you and uh, goodbye. Bye. Bye.